Hi, this is Shauna, the CEO and founder of Fuel Talent. In January 2019, we launched the What Fuels You podcast, and since that time, I have had the honor of featuring and highlighting leaders and their incredible stories. Though I'm eager to continue sharing these stories with you, I want to make space for different and relevant content for this unique and challenging time. While we all navigate the COVID-19 pandemic together, on this podcast and the upcoming ones, I'll be having more focused conversations with leaders to help answer questions, get key insights, and share stories of inspiration around how they and their teams are adapting during this new reality. I hope you enjoy these episodes of the What Fuels You podcast. Today's guest on the What Fuels You podcast is Ellen Bennett. Ellen founded Headley & Bennett, the premium and custom chef quality apron company in 2012. Now with the current COVID-19 crisis, Headley & Bennett has also developed a reusable protective mask and has transitioned their factory to begin producing these critical supplies. So far, over 100,000 masks have been donated to hospitals and healthcare providers on the front lines. Welcome, Ellen. How are you? Crazy. Happy we like squeezed in some time together. I'm so glad that we squeezed in the time. And as you know, I've been trying to get you on the podcast forever and your company and you and your house and your pig and like the whole scene brings me so much joy, all the color in your life. And I just love watching you. I wasn't surprised to see that you were on the front lines, quickly pivoting and moving your company towards masks. Um, so I want to get into it. But before we do, I want to yeah. shoot you with some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, you were born ready. If you weren't running Headley and Bennett, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I'd want to be like mayor of some place, some little town somewhere, like running the joint. Running the joint. Not even kidding. I read that you um, traveled around the world. What's been your favorite country that you've ever visited? I lived and traveled to Mexico many, many times growing up. I'm half Mexican. Um, and Mexico, I would say hands down, no question. And boy, have I been to a lot of spots, but Mexico is so magical and special and colorful and alive and beautiful. And, you know, you could have no money and no resources and still be happy as a clam because they care about the right things and don't care about the not right things. I completely agree. I love Mexico. I was actually supposed to be in Mexico a couple of weeks ago and was there earlier oh. this year. We usually go three, four times a year. I love Mexico. Love, love, love. It's the best. And I've been to Mexico City, which I know you've um, studied yeah. in. It's incredible. Um, Pre-COVID-19, what's been your yeah. best-selling product? I think aprons have been our longstanding, like, cornerstone staple like we make the best ones in the world we use the best materials we have one we love it everything yeah and they're just like built for war and and i think that anything headley and bennett makes is built for aggressive extreme use and just lasts forever uh but i would say aprons and then after that definitely our vans collaboration that's just an ongoing partnership so we developed a, a like a work shoe that you can stand in all day and we even changed the sole and made them so much more comfortable than like a typical vans and made the sole have a rainbow stripe that matches the wall outside of our factory so it's just kind of like inspiring to put them on and like doesn't matter what kind of shitstorm you're headed into every day. Like you have, you know, some extra pep in your step with the color at the bottom of the shoe. So that's another big hit. And every time we do a collaboration, it's just really fun because I think people love when a brand they appreciate 
teams up with another brand. It's almost like your two best friends are dating. Yeah, like, oh I love God, that. I want to hear more about these too. collaborations. But when I was asking about the best product, I'm assuming the apron, because that is obviously where the business was birthed and yeah. um, kind of your signature piece. But specifically, you've got so many different ones. Is it weird that I want to have like a collection of aprons? No, there's people that have 22, 23. I know. I'm like chambray, black. I mean, I was... It's Smock, crop yeah. sack, twill, denim, canvas, right? Yeah, all the all the flavors. You know, the most uh, popular one is called abalone, and the one right behind that is char, and the right one right behind that is pho. And they're all gray and black. And I'm like, oh my god! I know you're like at the girl who I, I was laughing because yeah, like, I told I you before we got on yellow I, aprons. All I want to do is like cover the world in yellow aprons. I know and, yellow everything. And yeah, the the very classic Japanese denim with a yeah. chest pocket with a red ampersand patch, which is just sort of like our, our iconic logo. That is the number one seller by far. I loved reading about Bennett brunches, which I'm sure you're psyched to bring back. Yeah, um, one day. What's the best dish that you've created out of one of these Bennett's brunches? Uh, you know, I remember one time was so special. I invited. Anya, who's the founder of Belcampo Meat Company. She's such a badass. And she has all these, like an incredible farm and locations all over the country and really just kills it at harvesting all kinds of food in a way that's really humane and taking care of animals in a way that I think is amazing. So anyway, she came and kind of co-hosted a Bennett brunch for me. And it was pouring rain and it was in LA and never rains and uh I remember her and I standing outside in my backyard while it was dumping and everybody all of our guests were standing inside like waiting at the sliding door and her and I were under the tree with a Weber grill just like grilling <laughs> we gave no shits we were like doesn't even matter and we made t-bone steak and all these beautiful roasted Yum. vegetables and like we stuffed our own sausages because she was showing me how and like happened to bring the pig intestines and the whole bit or actually oh. like lamb intestines or something. like the the skin right and so we were stuffing them in the backyard and it was just so raw and we didn't care yeah it, it was beautiful because I think like you kind of have to know how the sausage is made if you're going to eat meat. You need to know where it came from and how it's made and how it's cut down and all that stuff. And she was just teaching me out there in the middle of my backyard while it was pouring rain. It wasn't perfect, but it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. I can tell that you bring together really cool and interesting people, but I loved that idea of like cooking together and, and enjoying your friends. What is, we talked about color. I'm going to guess that I know the answer to this, but what is your favorite color? Definitely yellow by a long shot. My wedding dress was half yellow. It was like a tonal yellow to white. And I love it. It's just, it's happy. It's vibrant. It's alive. It's also like very gender neutral. It doesn't matter if you're like a guy or a girl or whatever, you know, you can use and love yellow and it's yeah. totally legit. We have slightly similar coloring and yeah. I don't think I could pull off yellow or feel confident in yellow. <laughs> I anyway. mean, vibrant yellow. A vibrant yellow. Muted, pale yeah overcooked yellow egg yeah yolk. no mustard yeah no it needs to be like yellow like that yeah you know or like that's a yeah. like it, it's got to be bright I love it um okay what is the quote that you most often say definitely wake up and fight you can see it right there I made that poster forever ago out of like 
bananas or something bananas and tangerines <laughs> it looks like and raspberries um it's just something I've always truly believed in and I think it is my my motto of life is just getting up there and waking mm -hmm. up and fighting and like not not waiting for life to come tell you to do something but just like proactively showing up and doing it anyway yeah well this this is like a perfect um on theme for what i was actually going to talk about which to me feels like the thread of your whole life which is everything that i've read and just what i know about you that you just show up and you've got this confidence and this vigor and um and you just get shit done um where does that confidence come from I do truly believe that we all have it in us and, you know, your upbringing and your culture affect it. But I have very divorced parents. And when I was younger and my parents got officially divorced, it was just sort of like one of those things where I looked around at my life and I thought, you know, I could wait around for like my parents to figure out what the hell they're going to do with me. Or I can decide on my own and just like get going. And, and I'm a pretty impatient person. Like I want to get things done now. And I think I've been that way even since I was little. So I just yeah. decided I was going to figure it out. And I've always just taken that initiative to figure it out. And, you know, life is kind of like a whole belt of experiences, right? And you have notches that you get every time you accomplish something. And so I think that just accumulates into confidence. Yeah. And, and I also think I've like, made enough mistakes where I've slammed my face into the ground and gotten back up still bleeding and I've kept going that I know that I can keep going no matter most no matter what the circumstances you can get through it I can get through it and when you are exposed to so much challenge it just kind of feels like another day where you're like cool like that seems like a really crazy decision and look at the outcome of what it could be and what it couldn't be. I think the chances of me being able to do that are pretty significant. Okay, let's yeah. try. Did it serve you well, Alan, when you were little or was school challenging? Cause you're like, had no patience for it. Oh, it's to it was totally challenging. And I, I think I've always been a little peculiar in that sense that I, you know, when I was younger, it was like all of my friends were so much older. And even when I was like 18, my youngest friends were like, 35 40 they already had kids like the the idea that I was just doing what everybody did because that's what you did at that age just never quite sat with me and when I was like 14 years old I would be helping my mom pay her bills and like writing checks for her because she's a nurse and so she worked all day and I was like well there's the checks and there's the bills and I'm at home so I might as well help her start making these checks happen I just learned how to do that at school like let's do this so I just kind of have that like all right, well, the opportunity's right there. Might as well give it a try. And then I dive in and do it. Good for you. And I know that you started your company were just like a wee 24-year-old, right? And yeah. you were working as a line cook and realized that people in these aprons didn't have the confidence and yeah. didn't, they were kind of schlubby and falling yeah. apart. And so you kind of faked it till you made it. And tell us the story, just a quick and dirty version. I mean, that it's, that's like the gut of it was I was a cook. I hated our uniforms. I was like, these have to be better. And I just decided to do it. And everyone was like, well, that's cute. Like, good luck with that idea. And then I just did it. And then it morphed from aprons into chef coats. And then the chef coats went into other pieces of workwear. And now we really don't even call ourselves an apron company anymore. We're really like workwear. And for yeah. a long time, we said culinary workwear. But, you know, some of our 
biggest hits to your question earlier have been like our jumpsuits, our pants, our, our, I love the jumpsuit. socks. Yeah. Like we sold out our Madewell collaboration jumpsuit in 24 hours. And it's because people care about what we do because we care about what we do. And like, we do you built it, a brand also. Yeah. But like we built like a community that stands for hustle and for people that work hard. It's not just like, Oh, I got a shirt. Like, it's like, no, you got a Headley and Bennett shirt, which means people busted their ass to make that shirt. And now you're going to bust your ass while wearing that shirt. And it's just like this whole ethos of waking up and fighting every day, no matter who you are or what your circumstances are, like life is ahead of you. So like, what the hell are you going to go make out of it? I love it. And so you talked about these collaborations, you mentioned Vans and the rapid fire, and then you just talked about Madewell. How did these collaborations come to be? Is this Ellen hustling or are these coming to you at this point? Uh, you know, it's a combination. Vans, funny enough, I was at a conference and a lady saw me on the street and she like ran up to me and said, are you Headley and Bennett? And I was like, yes. Because typically that's me. Like I'm running up to a chef and being like, are you Richard Blaze or whoever? Um, and I said, yeah, I'm I'm Ellen from Headley and Bennett. And she said, I'm from Vans. I think you're amazing. And I've always wanted to do something with oh, you. Like so let's awesome. connect. And, and then, you know, we had a bajillion conversations and then a year and a half later, like we launched a collaboration. So that one is how that happened. Made well, they reached out other collaborations. I've reached out. Like it really, it's one of those things where you've got to just drive the ball to the finish line. Yeah. Like, one thing is to talk about it and analyze and sit there and ponder and like come up with spreadsheets about everything. But it's also just like, do the work it takes. Right. Get to the goal line. I love it. I'm going to make my kids listen to this podcast. I'm like, get it done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we're all trying to get our kids to do. Bad words. No, no. Are, they, are you kidding? They, they live with me. I'm sure they've heard much worse. <laughs> when you were little, it sounds like a lot of this just came from need of like, I'm not really sure who's going to take care of it. So I need to get it done. And now you're in a yeah. situation where I'm assuming that the business is yeah. doing well financially. I mean, let's mm -hmm. talk pre-COVID. We'll yeah. talk separately about that. But yeah. is money something that's ever been a driver for you? Not or really. What drives you? It's definitely not the money because most of the time my CFO is like, no, you got to pay yourself for that. No, you got to do this. Or like, mm, you need to do more over here. You can't just give it all away. Like she's constantly reminding you that you're in business. Reminding me that this yeah. is like a, a you know, my business. Um, but I think that a lot of the people that work with me are here because of that. And they're here because I'm not just like sitting in an ivory tower being like, I'm doing heavily invented to get rich. Like that's so horrible and hollow. And if anyone in their right mind is doing business just to get rich or make money, like Jesus, what a yeah. horrible thing to put yourself into because it is so fucking hard yeah. to run a company that if you are not dramatically passionate about it, you are setting yourself up for like misery yeah. because it's just the hurdles you have to get through to keep it all alive and keep it going and innovate and keep everybody happy and push the thing forward. It's like, it's too painful to do it just for the money. If you want to yeah. do it for the money, go get a great corporate job somewhere and like get the healthcare you need like right. all day. People need entrepreneurs within large organizations. And I always say that like, you don't have to 
own a company, to be an entrepreneur. You can be an entrepreneur within a company. So absolutely. Yeah, what do you think is the hardest yeah. um, part about being a CEO? Because you mentioned the kind of leading the people and motivating them. And but your yeah. core thing is probably the product, right? Yeah. And so are you like, ugh, I wish I didn't have to deal with all this other stuff? And if so, do you have someone dealing for you or are you doing it all? For a very long time, it was me dealing with it all. But as years have gone by and we've, you know, evolved, we have a CFO and we have a CMO and we have a head of production. You're like a real company. Just, yeah, we're like a real company. I know. I'm like, like well, sometimes I'm like, we have a real company. I know, like a head of ops and all these yeah. things. And that makes it very real. And I've also had to just be okay with letting go of a lot of areas that I used to run myself because I'm not equipped to do every role. And that's a hard thing to sort of tell yourself. Um, mm -hmm. But there's areas that I'm really great at. And by not focusing on those areas, I'm doing myself and the company a disservice. Yeah, I've had to really like come to Jesus with that. And that's helped us evolve even more because I'm not getting in my own way. Well, I'm assuming that you're well served to be um, in front of everything because you're articulate and energetic and passionate and it's your baby and it's your story. So I'm assuming some kind of front facing things versus like, yeah. I'm going to sit behind, but what else within the company? Is there anything that you absolutely touch? Is it the product or is it all hiring needs? Yeah. Product development all day. Like the things that I really do the most are like content on all kinds of platforms, right? Just like content across the channels, uh, whether it's like newsletters and Instagram and Instagram lives. Like I, I definitely have my fingers like deeply in that. I have actually have a list on my wall right now of like, what's on Ellen swim lane. It's like product development, partnerships, business dev, sales, content. You're so good at it. Like I follow it, I follow it like closely. I'm like, Oh, she's posting. And I'm not like that. <laughs> What is it? What is it that you like about it? I'm curious. Well, I love your confidence and your energy, and um, you know that kind of like dance as if no one's watching energy. Of, yeah. I feel like you surround yourself with really cool women. Mm. Um, like I've seen you post and like your tag a friend, and I never like go down that rabbit hole, but with you I do because they're all just interesting. So I follow brands that I didn't know about because of you. And it seems oh, like that's you're cool. in a group of women that are like women supporting women, not in yeah. this like feminist way, but in a way of yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. met this cool, badass chick. And I also love that. I think you were getting married at Burning Man. We were trying to meet up. <laughs> yeah, I did. I got married at Burning Man and Mexico City. And you just seem like you are through and through like Ellen, who you see at work, Ellen, who you see at home is just one solid um human being. And I love that. And especially for someone your age, not to be like our ageist, but you just seem like you kind of fast forwarded to being like a fully realized human being young. I don't I'm like know how else to say I'm it. like an 85 year old human. I like, I fast forwarded too far. You, well, you're like an 85 year old meets an eight year old, right? You've got this also <laughs> childlike energy that's really empowering. I'm very inspired by you. And so I know you've gotten your product in the hands of, you know, Martha Stewart and Jamie yep. Oliver and others. Are there any um, chefs or celebrities that you're in awe of that you're like, ooh, this is crazy. Now I'm like, I'm on the map. Or are you like, yeah. uh, you know, Brene Brown follows me. I don't even know how that happened, but I think she's a fucking legend and a hero. Well, she's like you. You're, you're living the Brene Brown. Yeah. So I like when I saw that Brene 
you know, was in our, my ecosystem. I was like, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I think Martha Stewart wearing Headley and Bennett and really being a huge advocate of me has been really special. Um, and I don't know, there's just like, honestly, it's sometimes more impactful. Like the, the line cook that I met seven years ago who then went on to like have his first sous chef job and then he opened his restaurant and then I see him and he's like I've been wearing Headley and Bennett for eight years and and like thank you for doing what you're doing like honestly like that has even more of an impact than like Martha who I think Martha's amazing but yeah. like I know how hard that guy worked to pay the $80 to get my apron and like that's special of course of course well then you're serving your whole purpose and so what kind of pride has being a CEO brought you specifically as a female CEO? How are you raised as far as was there a traditional, you're supposed to be X or now? Not so much. My mom's pretty amazing like that. You know, she would let me paint the house and do whatever the hell I wanted when I was growing up. Not whatever the hell I wanted. She's actually <laughs> very structured, but like, let me do anything that was adult, like, like painting the house, buying right. it, you know buying her my first car I went and like negotiated it and then I just said this is the dealership I need you to come by and just like sign it and I was 15 like that's I my love mom that. I um, love her so she's very she's always empowered me to just like if I want to do something I'm going to figure out how to do it and she's yeah. gonna be like okay that's fine you um, got this yeah yeah she just like kind of didn't really flinch at it like one time I painted the living room uh like a taupe brown or whatever she came home and she was just like oh looks nice like a little mexican lady and that was it she went to bed you're like, <laughs> like and i'm going to know. bed now ellen have you ever had a mentor i have a lot of mentors i'm i'm pretty good casey my husband says i'm, I'm pretty good at like finding co-pilots so and older co-pilots i love a old man co-pilot like i think older people are brilliant and have so much knowledge and experience that if you just shut the fuck up and listen to them and hear their like tales and challenges and things like you learn so much so i have a bunch of old old guys and old old older ladies that i love um that are like in up my sleeves and i've done everything from asking them to let me shadow them. Like I've driven around while they're running around being their own CEO to their company or empire. I've shadowed like the CEO of Drybar, who's an older guy who I think is brilliant. Like I've, I've literally gotten in the car and like driven around with them watching how they interact with people. And I, I learned by osmosis more than like reading. Yeah, yeah, um, in the same way. And so that's been a way that I've just had a arsenal of, people I've gathered along the way and I have a pretty strong like no asshole policy in my life so to your point of like women earlier I think it's just like it's women and men when I'm out in the world and I like find somebody that's a good egg I bring them in and I just like I hold them tight and close and I'm incredibly um open about helping them and so it just kind of creates this very like if, if I ever needed something, like they would all come and help, but I don't ever ask for help. It's more like I'm trying to give them everything I of have. Course. And they know that you would be there for them. And so it's yeah. that ener the energy that you're putting out totally yeah, makes it's, sense. It's more like, how can I help you more than how you can help me? Is right. my approach to my right. friendship. I don't, I don't think everybody like 
does that. So when you find other people that are like that, you just have a good vibe about them. It's the whole, it's like completely part of um, a company culture if you decide for it to be. Like, you know, yeah. like my whole company is run like that. And so it's just part of the DNA. Um, we've set that into our values. Have you yeah. set formal values in the company? And if so, how have those helped you show up as a leader during this crisis? You know, one of our values is like constant iteration and like always improving and always listening. And it's because we were listening that we realized there was a crisis and a shortage. And I had been in New York, you know, two weeks before Governor Cuomo said, like, we're running out of supplies. We need help. Who can sew? And I had seen it firsthand, like just the kind of tidal wave that was coming. And by the time I got back in LA, my team was like, oh my God, COVID-19, what are we going to do? What's happening? And so it did feel like it was like coming to LA, but hadn't landed yet. Uh, so that's like definitely a value that we all immediately adapted. We pivoted, we like changed pathways, and then we went into constant iteration and we developed the pattern for our face masks in like 24 hours. And then 36 hours later, our factory was set up to make the masks. And from there, it was just like, edit even more. Okay, wait, it doesn't fit the nose as well. Let's change right. that. And like, I think we've changed the pattern like 12 times since we started. And every time we find some other pattern, that's like a, a tweak to the pattern, like yeah. the adjustment. Um, and we'll, we always do that with anything heavily invented. And so th that's just like baseline. I want to know everything about the masks. Who are you making them for? How much are they? How do we get them? All of it. So, you know, when I decided we were going to do this, I was like, the only way we can do this, and you can see it says like, yeah, we're loud and proud by, we, we're going to have to do this with our community. And that's how Headland Bennett has been built. So that, that made it fairly simple to do. We said, let's try it. Um, it's, we designed it with super soft chambray. So it's very breathable. It's comfortable. It like wraps around your chin and your breathable is like the key word. And then we, we worked with Dr. Bob, who's a the chief of staff of Shriners hospital here in LA. And he was like, you need to have a space for a filter. So mm -hmm. we created this opening in the back that you could put a filter into and our newest iteration, which is starting to happen this week, will now have a wire on the nose so that it like wraps even more. That's again, part of evolving. Rating, yeah. I'm, I'm going for progress, not perfection. And so where are these able to be bought for people who don't know your brand? So you can buy them online at headleyandbennett.com forward slash mask. And then you can see our little logo on there. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a buy one, donate one model. So for every and they're $22 uh, for both. So for the $22, you get yours. And then we also get, we take care of literally from start to finish, like the distribution and shipment of a mask to a frontline worker in need. Uh, and we have a huge list of hundreds of locations that are looking for donations mm -hmm. because they're running out of supplies. And are people buying them in bulk or this is mostly B2C? Both, both. Okay. So We've had, you know, tens of thousands of orders online, mm -hmm. um, hundreds of thousands of units, like a lot of different masks have gone all over the United States. And then we've also been doing bulk orders for organizations um, as they need them, whether they're like a church or a hospital or a senior citizen home. Um, and what's wild is that over the time that 
over the last two and a half weeks that I started this, first only healthcare workers needed them. And then the CDC announced that everybody yeah. needed them. So it like immediately became this wild fire yeah, of life. Of course. You have to make masks. It's a crazy thing because, you know, we are now able to employ over 120 people Good that are you. all working on this that otherwise wouldn't have had jobs. Yeah, that must feel good. And do you think that this mask yeah. thing is like here to stay? This will be a part of your um, permanent collection? I think for us as a brand, absolutely. A lot of brands, like you name it, they're making masks. I don't I know. know that it's going to I be an ongoing thing for them. But for us, it felt like a really natural product extension because we're already a workwear brand. Yeah. And if you're in a restaurant and you buy aprons, you're now going to buy the face mask to match the aprons and you're going to off you go. And so, you have it in all the same color palette? We are doing them in like batches of color. Like we'll do a few thousand in each color. I like but, the one you have. It's like a yeah, pinky mauve Like a reddish. Yeah. We, you can't choose yet, but one day soon you'll be able to choose on our website, but it, they're all pretty like gender neutral, you know, simple colors, but, yeah. but really well made. You can tell how well made they are, just the stitching, just all of it, and the breathability and the fact that you can put in a filter. Um, who yeah. knew that we would ever be having this conversation? Literally, when I messaged you to be on the podcast, I, I thought know. we would literally just be talking about like Oliver the pig and your cute house. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> here we are talking about masks. But um, I can tell you, like as a human being, I'm super grateful that you're making these masks and it's going to get us um, in a better position as a, as a, global community faster um so it's great we are all in this together right we are all in this together tell me about um quarantine life with oliver with the pig and with your husband casey what are you doing to survive i'm like i'm i'm cooking to cook more than cooking to eat i'm just like rolling from one pot of beans to a bowl of pasta to a granola plate to you name it yeah um, I, I definitely have cooked more in the last three weeks than I have in years uh, since I was working professionally in kitchens. And it's awesome because we don't really, we're not really eating out at all. I mean, we can't, right? But I'm not even doing takeout. And every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is at home. And I do, I do believe that there's a lot of really good things coming out of this for everybody. 100%. It's, it's like if we can just hold on to certain things. Down. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't like, believe it. Oh my God. Like, it's like, it's like someone's going like, yeah, yeah. To the whole world and being like, all right, you guys, yes. let's reassess I mean, how we've been doing life here. hundred percent. There's some beautiful things I've, I've said like forever, like in my personal goals, like, okay, get more family time, more kind of sit around the table time, oh my slow God. down, be with the yep. kids, create memories. And I'm like, well, apparently we're doing that now. Lots yeah. of meals, and the kids are like doing stuff to help out around the house that they weren't doing before that we all took for oh, granted. Oh yeah, I've talked to so many parents that are like, "This has been the best thing. Like we have a great yes. relationship." Kids yeah, are there's been so it's many beautiful like, things. Calms. Yeah, the animals are happier because they've got like the animals people around. Are so happy. The I know. are empty. The the dog shelters. I know everything there's there are some beautiful things and having lived in New York and during 9-11 um it felt really beautiful for a period and then kind of people went back to like business as yeah. usual so we all have to hold each other accountable to just keep this being present thing yeah and just yeah. all all leveling too of like who's 
who and who's got more money or who's got more this yeah. or that. It's all like flattened completely. Oh, totally. It's like it doesn't. The, this weekend, I had a call with Brie Larson, the uh, you know Marvel Comics lady. Yeah. Uh, actress lady. Yes, she's a lady too, though. <laughs> a lady actress. Uh, the lady actress. And she was like, how can I help? What can we yes. do? How can we work together? And it's just like, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are. Just like I we loved are it. all kind of like together figuring out how we get yeah, through it. I think it's great. So I always ask this at the end of all of my podcasts. Um, yeah. But it's the ultimate question of what fuels you. Ooh, what fuels Ooh. me? I love seeing things in my mind and then having them happen in the real world. That is, that is like the biggest, baddest, coolest fuel that I can get my hands on is like imagining it and then putting it into the real world, especially when other people don't see it. It's just yeah. like thrilling for me. And I think when we built our factory, um, and I was like, we're gonna have slides and a swing and a zip line and we're gonna build I a love that. And people were like, What? What do you mean? And I'm like, We're gonna be vertical and the cutting and sewing and shipping are all gonna be here. And you know, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have been able to pull off what we pulled off. It was that everything was yeah. in the same place with the supplies and the manufacturing and so ev all the workers, everybody here, that's why we were able to do what we did yeah. for COVID nineteen. Yeah. Well, I see you as someone who's definitely living life kind of on that top floor. Like you've got a different um, way that you've come into this world. And I think that we need people like you who are leaders and who are meant to inspire. And it's no surprise the way that you're doing it right now. And I'm so, first of all, happy to see you. And I wish I could give you an actual hug because I'm a hugger Aww. and so are you. Next time I see you, I'll give you a big It'll squeeze. Be big people are going to hug the shit out of each other after <laughs> just squeeze each other i know <laughs> <laughs> so good to see you thank you for having me this is so fun bye, bye. See you soon. thank you for listening to the what fuels you podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review on itunes google podcasts or spotify and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest news and episodes you can also contact us at podcast at fueltalent.com to provide feedback, ask questions, and share topics or guests you would like us to cover in the future. We hope you feel inspired by our guests and that we have helped fuel your day. Join us next time for another episode of What Fuels You.